Welcome to Japanatron. My name is Dave Pavlina. Japanatron is a podcast all about life in Japan and Japanese culture. Uh, today I want to talk about healthcare in Japan. Uh, this should be cool. Um, I'm inevitably going to compare with American healthcare. Uh, it's because I am American, so forgive me for that. Uh, I'm going to throw in some of that. I'm also going to throw in some personal experiences that kind of demonstrate and maybe explain uh, more vividly what uh, Japanese healthcare is like, maybe what American healthcare is uh, like uh, in terms of a, a comparison and a contrast. All right, let's go. Uh, first, I want to cover kind of the USA stuff. All right. And I heard a quote that summarizes USA healthcare very, very well. Uh, and the quote is this American healthcare is the finest in the world, but good fucking luck paying for it. <laughs> I think that summarizes it really well. Um, it, it is the finest in the world, it has that reputation. Um, it, you can argue that, but. Um, it, it does have that reputation, I think. Uh, rich people from other countries, you know, they visit the USA for their healthcare services. There's a lot of stories of, like, you know, um, rich shamans and whatnot. <laughs> These people with, like, golden robes coming and getting surgery done in the USA or something. Uh, there's also been stories of, like, rich mobsters or whatever. You know, Yakuza members coming over and getting, like, uh, surgery done in the USA. Okay, so it has that reputation. It is the finest in the world, but the whole payment system is all fucked up. I mean, if you have health insurance in the USA, you're pretty much fine. And, you know, when I was living and working in the USA, I had health insurance, so I just kind of took that for granted. Uh, but if you don't have health insurance, which actually is possible in the USA, uh, but, you know, hold your breath for the whole Obamacare thing and all that, but um, if you don't have health insurance, which is possible, uh, you're totally fucked. <laughs> and it's funny, because I, I often hear from, you know, Japanese people over here you know, that, that their image of, of USA healthcare is, oh, yeah, it's all fucked up. I mean, I don't get, you know, with your costs, like, what do you do? You just throw a body in the, in the street or something because they can't pay? Uh, Japanese people I hear time and time again are just shocked to hear that people have no coverage, okay? I don't really want to get into an extended, you know, healthcare debate, so I'll just kind of leave it at that. that that's the USA uh, image that at least I have. Uh, Japan. Also, very high-quality healthcare. Okay, it's first-world country, capitalist, very highly developed. Okay, so um, they have really high-quality healthcare, um, and you know you can you can you can you realize that you know Japanese people, especially the women, uh, are known to have the longest lifespan in the world. Uh, Japanese women live the longest, I believe. I believe it's like neck and neck with Korean women. Uh, so there might be some debate on that. Uh, depending on who you talk to, <laughs> but um, they're doing something right over here, and and it it definitely has part to do with their healthcare, uh, also the fish and rice diet. You know, I've gotten into a lot of things uh, with their health and preventative medicine and all that uh, that they're doing very well over here. So they're doing something right. Uh, Japan has a socialist system, uh, which means all citizens and foreign residents are entered into it. Now that's a huge advantage. Everyone has health insurance here. Um, even if you're living here and working here. 
Uh, now, there was a weird thing where when I was at Eon, uh, they actually skirted uh, this whole, you know, system by reducing our working hours just enough so that we didn't have to enter the, uh, the socialist medicine system here in Japan. Uh, I think that has come to an end. Um, the reason they did that, and they actually gave us, like, travel insurance, which kind of sucked because we had to pay in cash and then get reimbursed later, it, it, could, be a, it could be a pain. But the advantages of the whole thing that Eon did at the time I was there was that it boosted our take-home salary, okay? Because we didn't have to enter into the socialist system and pay into it. So that was kind of nice. Um, so that was kind of an advantage. I was young, relatively, younger than I am now. So I didn't really care. You know, you know when you're young, you don't really care about the really, really good health insurance. You know, you're like, oh, I'm fine. I'm not going to get sick or whatever. So at, at the time, I didn't really care. I'm like, oh, cool, more money, nice. Uh, but I think that has come to an end. I, I think, you know, Eon and the Japanese government have agreed, hey, you know, I know you got to, you know, that your employees are going to have to pay into this system, but there are advantages. And uh, so, I don't know, it's, you know, it's a debate there, but um, it's socialist, and everyone's got it. Um, and you can argue the, the the disadvantage of the socialist system, and I will say the advantages far outweigh the disadvantages. But the disadvantages is this kind of thing like, you know, Big Brother is controlling it. You have to enter into it, you know, and that often rubs, you know, us Americans that, you know, really value individual freedom so much. I don't want anyone, you know, telling me what to do. So, um, so yeah, there's that whole socialist, you know, the government is controlling you type of thing. But I don't know. I think when it comes to healthcare, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I mean, everyone's everyone's got to have this. I mean, no matter how young you are, you never know what's going to happen, you know, and you could get hit by something. There could be some accident, you know, and everyone should have health insurance. So that's the Japanese approach, this whole socialist system. Everyone is entered into it. Um, let's compare this whole thing with the USA. Okay. I'd say in general, I'm speaking generally, I'm sure there are exceptions, so don't fault me for that. Um, I'd say Japanese culturally, they take a far less aggressive, a more holistic, kind of a preventative approach. Uh, Japan definitely favors safety over strength. Uh, I would say American doctors, healthcare in general, they favor a more aggressive, um, less passive approach, less holistic. Um, stronger medicine. Let's beat the shit out of whatever you have. Hardcore. That's the American approach. Japan's a little bit more standoffish. Let's let's take a more passive. Let's 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 let the body heal itself type of approach. Now, both approaches have advantages and disadvantages. So, um in Japan, um you'll get you know, you'll get medicine at the end of your, you know, healthcare session. <laughs> And you'll get like five or six medicines for a cold, you know, and one of the medicines is for your sore throat, another one for your headache, another one for your fever, another one for your runny nose. And they're all separated like that, very safe and very weak. <laughs> they're, they're infamous for this. Uh, America, you'll get some kind of horse tranquilizer pill, you know, something like NyQuil that just knocks the shit out of you. That's the American approach. Japanese approach is safety. Lots of, lots of weak medicine. Okay, they're into gargling, uh, things like that. That's the Japanese approach. Um, and I have kind of a story to demonstrate this. Uh, and, and pardon me, uh, you might want to stop this or fast forward because this, this story is a little graphic. Okay, so 
I went out kind of partying, you know, a drinking party. And the problem in Japan is that people keep really refilling your glass. Now, that's a problem for me because uh, I can't stop. <laughs> in America, I could stop because you kind of monitor yourself. But when people keep buying you beers and just, you know, pouring it in, oh, I, I just lose control. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's a problem. It's a personal problem. Call me an alcoholic. Call me whatever you want. But yeah, that's, that's a problem in Japan that I have faced time and time again. And this one particular night, uh, Saturday night, I faced this. Okay, and it's fine. Okay, whatever. You know, I drink a lot of water. No big hangover. Next day, have a slight digestive problem. Uh, not in the mouth, not the way in, but the way out, okay? Um, quick summary, little bit of blood, kind of freaked out. So I'm thinking, I'm Googling it, you know, okay, could be, uh, it could be just hemorrhoids, just some roids, you know? I dealt with those before, but not this bad. Uh, could be a sign of something more serious, like colon cancer, okay? Woof, shit. Okay, either way, you know, when there's blood coming out of somewhere that it shouldn't really be coming out, you, you kind of start freaking out, right? So I go to the doctor, Japanese doctor, of course, and um, he says, okay, the good news is it's just it's just a bad roid. It's just a bad hemorrhoid. I'm like, okay, cool. That's kind of good news. I'm not dealing with colon cancer here. So he gives me like uh, 12 days of medicine, okay? And he's like, I want to see you uh, at the end of the 12 days, okay? and just keep using this medicine, okay, I'm like, okay, so about five or six days in, about halfway through, uh, the, the blood starts really picking up, and I felt like a woman on her menstrual cycle, you know, like, I was just dripping blood, okay, and I'm freaking out, I'm like, what the fuck is going on here, <laughs> this never happened to me before, oh boy, so, you know, I'm wearing, like, feminine pads, you know, like, <laughs> like a woman, <laughs> Uh, because, um, I'm just dripping blood everywhere, you know, I'm like, okay, I got it. My asshole looks like a horror movie. It looks like something out of Walking Dead. Okay. And I'm kind of freaking out. I can't sit. It hurts when I walk. And so I go back to the doctor going like, doc, what, is this, is this fine? Is this a problem? Should I just keep using this medicine? Can we do something a little bit more aggressive? And he said, no, no, no. That's normal. That's fine. That means the body is healing itself. The blood is a good thing. It means that the, it's draining it naturally. Okay. So he gave me like another 10 days of medicine and he said, just stick with it. It could take one to two months for this thing to, to heal fully. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is a long-term thing. I didn't think I'd be um, dealing with this for that long. Okay. So, you know, I'm, you know, the great thing about the internet, you know, I'm Googling this, you know, you got WebMD, you got Mayo Clinic, you know, so I'm, I'm looking at this and, you know, those are all, I think, American sites, definitely Western sites, of course. And given my symptoms, the American approach would have been probably far more aggressive. They would have lanced that shit off. They would have lasered it. They would have rubber banded it. They would have done something, something more uh, aggressive, definitely. Um, and I think that kind of demonstrates the Japanese approach is uh, they just wanted, he said, you know, I don't think surgery is, is necessary. There's some definitely disadvantages to that, you know, um, if we lance it or, or laser it or something like that. Uh, I think we really should just let the body heal itself. I, and I think um, in, the, in America, they'd probably take a far more aggressive approach. So that is my, my story. In America, they probably would just lance that thing off and give me a ton of meds, and, you know, and just dealt with it, you know, a couple days or something. 
Japan, I'm in for the long term, you know, but hey, it's a little bit more holistic, you know, more passive, let the body heal itself. Uh, there's advantages to that. Um, I'm, I don't know, the jury's still out on, <laughs> on this story. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Write in, let me know what you think of the Royd story. Um... I got another story to kind of demonstrate the cultural differences with healthcare here, with the USA and Japan. It's a little bit longer story. Um, here we go. Um, my family and I, we went to America with our daughter, um, and she was two at the time, just two. Um, we visited America, and she got really, really sick. Uh, basically, first day there, first, you know, the morning after we arrived. Uh, the best word to describe it is listless. She was just out of it. She was not her normal self. At first, we thought it was the jet lag, uh, but she was throwing up like crazy, like exorcist. <laughs> and she wouldn't keep anything down. Um, and, you know, we Googled the symptoms, and they said, you know, age two, you, you got to take her to hospital right away. Okay, it's something serious. Um, it's not jet lag, definitely. And she wasn't even keeping down, like, you know, Pedialyte, you know, those, like, Gatorade-type drinks that are supposed to keep you hydrated. Now, if if you can't keep hydrated in a situation like this, and adults can because they know they have to, but a two-year-old doesn't know. Um, so she can't keep it down, and she's refusing to drink the Pedialyte. You got to keep them hydrated. Um, so this is a big problem. So they got to do it the hard way and IV. So... Um, the problem with this is when I visit the USA, I don't have health insurance, right? Um, however, I, uh, I'll get to the whole travel insurance, health insurance thing later. I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking, why the fuck didn't you just get travel insurance? And I'll cover that later in a bit. Um, let me finish the story first. So we, we go to, we find an ER that'll take us, um, and, uh, the ER is great. Okay. Considering it's not a pediatric, you know, you know, they don't deal with kids, uh, the doctor was really accommodating, really friendly. Um, and after some really painful tries, you know, my daughter's screaming and screaming. They get the IV in her arm, and she's much better, of course. They're getting her hydrated. Doctor says, though, the bad news. He's like, you know what? This is not just a one-time thing. You're, you're, you're in for a two- to three-day thing here. And she's got to go to a hospital, a children's hospital. So he's like, I'm setting up a transfer. Uh, we're going to get an ambulance. We're going to transfer her to a, a children's hospital. Um, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is way, it's just, it was a downward spiral, getting more and more dramatic. And uh, I'm like, oh, my God, okay. Well, at least we got health care, you know. And I was trying to look at the bright side, you know. At least I'm in uh, my own country. I speak the language. I'm with my family. I got a support network. You know, I'm in my hometown. So there were some advantages. The whole no healthcare thing was really freaking me out a little bit, though, because, you know, I've heard horror stories, you know. You get some surprise bill for a hundred grand. What, what, what's what's going to happen? Of course, though, the, the priority on my mind is my daughter's health. So um, they have to transfer her in an ambulance because the IV was already in her arm. And uh, if they take, uh, if I just want to drive her down, they have to, you know, you know, um, uh, they have to take the IV out. You know, we didn't want to go through that whole painful process because how much she's screaming to get the IV in and how how uh, difficult it was. So they set up an ambulance. They transferred her to the children's hospital. Um, and the hospital, it ended up being a two-day stay. Um, and a few interesting cultural things happened. You know, the, the doctors were really great. Of course, like I said, American healthcare is the finest, okay, in the world. Um, a few interesting cultural things is that um, my wife was giving our daughter uh, Mugicha, which um, some people may know 
It is a caffeine-free uh, tea made from roasted wheat. And it is very common in Japan to give it to small children, uh, at, at even at age two. Um, there's no problem with it. Um, so <laughs> my wife's giving her tea, and, and she's drinking it, you know, because she's used to it. You know, that's what she grew up with. And the, the doctor's saying, shocked, just completely shocked. You're giving your daughter tea? Uh, and she's talking down to me, and I'm explaining to her, I'm like, this is what we do in Japan. Uh, and it's perfectly acceptable. And it was just interesting, because it, it kind of hit me like, wow, my own culture is that close-minded, you know? And, and it's just funny, because kids in America are often raised on soda and sugary drinks, and, you know, even fruit juice is, is you know, full of sugar. Mugicha, this wheat-based tea, is, is zero calories, and it's just, uh, it's, it's pure hydration, and it's considered really healthy. Um, and she, she just couldn't understand it. It was just kind of funny. It, was, it just shocked the hell out of the doctor. And it was just interesting being an American in my own country with this healthcare experience. I'm just, yeah, you know, you got to keep an open mind. I was just trying to explain to the doctor, Japan has a longer lifespan than we do. You know, they're doing something right over there. Okay. And maybe one of these things is giving tea to kids, you know, keep an open mind, man. There are some advantages to Eastern approaches, Eastern medicine. You know, and that's kind of one thing that hit me is that, you know, this Western kind of cocky approach is that we're the best. Um, and of course, it depends on the doctors. There are very open-minded doctors that are open to the Eastern approaches. But um, I don't know. It's just kind of funny. It kind of hit me like a truck. It's like, you're giving your daughter tea? So anyways, uh, two nights later, she's much better. Um, and what was it? Um, they ended up testing her poo. <laughs> And it turned out to be rotavirus. Uh, that's what she had. It was a stomach flu, stomach virus, uh, which is what we thought it was. We didn't know which one. You know, it could be norovirus or rotavirus. And it turned out to be rotavirus. Rotavirus. And um, interesting side note is that they actually vaccine for that in the U.S. So the doctors, again, were kind of talking down to me. Why wasn't she vaccine for it? And I didn't have the answer. And the only the only answer I came up with is it's just not on the standard Japanese tract. They don't vaccinate for it in Japan. And I don't know the reason exactly, but my only assumption is that it's a safety concern. Maybe there's something about that particular vaccine that Japanese are more freaked out about. It's a stronger, more aggressive vaccine, perhaps. I don't know, maybe some cultural difference, maybe some racial difference. Uh, I know that happens sometimes, is that some races just aren't as affected by certain things. Um, and it could be, you know, Japan is far more um, homogenous racially, so they maybe it's not a big concern. They do vaccinate it for in the, uh, for in the U.S. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, it, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty, and in this particular case, I wish she had been vaccinated for it, of course. Um, but I don't know. Japan uh, probably has a reason for not doing it uh, in the Japanese tract. I don't know. Um, hindsight is twenty twenty. So that was kind of an interesting one. Uh, so that's the story with the U.S. Uh, one with my daughter. Uh, the last side note I wanted to cover is why didn't you get, why on earth didn't you just get travel insurance? Um, and again, hindsight is twenty twenty, And of course, after this experience, I get the finest fucking travel insurance, the super premium plan. Uh, two reasons we did not. Uh, number one, uh, we made a mistake. Uh, uh, my wife had bought the tickets with her credit card 
and we had assumed that the credit card covered, uh, you know, the travel insurance, included travel insurance. And we went back and we read the fine print, and it only covered the cardholder. So we got really fucked there. It only covered her, uh, not me and not my daughter. Um, so we got fucked there. The second reason was I always heard, uh, I had this confirmed, that Japanese health insurance actually works abroad. Uh, that you could uh, get health uh, care treatments abroad while you're traveling, and the Japanese health care system will reimburse you for that. Uh, and I contacted uh, the HR manager at my office, and she said, yes, absolutely, uh, so we'll go through the claims process. However, it's a, it's a reimbursement system, which means uh, I had to um, pay everything in cash, keep all the receipts and all the invoices, um, and, um, and then submit a claim and then get reimbursed. Okay. And that's where the horror story begins. <laughs> so there's three separate providers here. There was the ER, there was the ambulance company, and then there was the children's hospital. Okay. Uh, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> so the first one, the ER, said, okay, you'll pay in cash today. I just used my credit card, and we'll give you a massive discount, which they did. They knocked 50% off, okay? And it was like 1500 bucks. Chargey, chargey on the credit card, and you're done. Uh, paid in full. Stamp, sealed, approved, done. Cool, okay. Ambulance company, the most professional one of the three. Uh, they contacted me afterwards, uh, and they said, um, okay, we just want to confirm everything with your contact information. We know you live in Japan. Uh, and they, they took down my address. Um, and back in Japan, I got the invoice, uh, and that was something like two grand. <laughs> and uh, I, I always heard this, that you should just immediately ask for a discount, uh, because if you're paying in cash, uh, they don't have to deal with insurance companies. They will more likely than not grant you a massive discount right off the bat. So I did that with the ambulance company, and they did. They knocked 50% off again, so down to a grand. Okay, charged you know, sealed, done, approved, um, and that one was done. Okay, so they just instantly knocked 50% off. Cool. Okay. And then the children's hospital. Here's where the shit whole thing begins. This one was weird, really odd experience. I get a bill from them for like 200 bucks, and I'm thinking, what? That can't be right. There's no way this adds up. Two nights in the hospital... Okay, and you know how with the American hospitals, they're they're charging you for everything, like a paper towel, a tissue, you know, two hundred bucks for a for a tissue, you know. And the weird thing is too, they kept serving food to our two year adult two year old daughter, and it was like um spaghetti with meatballs, and that shit just didn't add up. Why on earth would you give spaghetti and meatballs to a two year old? Number one, a healthy two year old. My daughter's not gonna eat that. Uh, that that's from Japan. Uh, and number two, one with a stomach virus that was just vomiting like the exorcist. There's no way in hell she, she was going to eat that or even look at it. The only thing she was eating the whole time that she finally ate was Cheerios. Cheerios was the lifesaver, okay? And those things were probably like, you know, 100 bucks a box. You know, those little travel boxes. <laughs> okay, so I get this bill from them for 200 bucks. I'm like, okay, I'll pay that. I paid it right away. Okay, done. And that was the last I heard from And by the way, the funny thing about the children's hospital was they mangled the shit out of my name, address, everything. <laughs> and it was weird because I confirmed everything multiple times with them. And I don't understand what happened there. Um, 
they mangled the crap out of my address. And it was just the worst billing experience, payment billing experience ever, okay? And it just confirms every horror story you've heard about USA Healthcare. Uh, the horror stories are always involved, um, always revolving around paying, okay? And this was no exception, okay? And it was funny, before I left the hospital on her last day, I even stopped by the billing department saying, you know, I don't want to just walk out of here without paying. Um, is everything cool? You know, and they're like, oh, it's a holiday today, so, you know, the, the regular person isn't here, so you're going to have to just leave, and we'll be in touch through mail. We'll, we'll mail you the bill. So I got that one $200 bill and paid it, done. Um, something like six months go by, okay? Don't hear from them again, okay? And I'm, whoa, okay, I guess that was it. I guess this is 200 bucks. And my parents were like, maybe it was some kind of charity case. You know, they knew you didn't have, you know, health insurance, blah, blah, blah. And maybe they just sort of signed it off, you know. And, you know, um, because that, ho that particular children's hospital was also a uh, study hospital. It's like a, a lot of residents go there, you know, to do the, re you know, the, the doctors in training go to do the residencies and stuff like that. Maybe it was something like that because a lot of the doctors checking on, um, uh, our daughter were very young. They were in their residency. Um, so maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. We were we were just throwing out all these sort of ideas. Six months go by, don't hear from them. I get a letter from an international credit collection agency that says you're far overdue on your bill. And I'm like, overdue? I never got any. <laughs> the only bill I got was this $200 bill. And they include this something like $7,500 bill. <laughs> $7,500 bill. And this is a collection agency, right? Which means they're instantly total fucking assholes because they think that I'm, you know, trying to escape the bill when I, in fact, I never even got anything. I never got a first bill. I never got a second bill. I never got anything from them besides that little $200 thing, which in retrospect, I don't even know what that was. I just paid. Um, and they send this, this massive itemized bill, uh, the collection agency does, and says, you got to pay this. And I said, I, I can't deal with you. Uh, I already have a claim open with the uh, with the Japanese uh, health insurance system, and they insist every receipt has to come from the hospital directly. Otherwise, they don't know what this company is. It's some company like in Switzerland or something. You know, has like it has nothing to do with a uh, with a hospital. It seems. So, the Japanese healthcare system wants the invoice coming directly from the hospital, and they want me to pay the hospital directly. And this is six months later, for Christ's sakes. I had already, you know, submitted everything for the claim. So, it kind of fucking me over there, too. So, um, I say, no, no, I have to deal directly with the hospital. So, I contact the hospital directly. Uh, and this credit collection agency keeps trying to stick their, you know, their dick in the potatoes, uh, because of course they want their fee, you know, and I say, you know, dear hospital, please grant a discount, you know, because like the other two providers, uh, I, I, there's no way I can pay 7,500 bucks. Don't be fucking ridiculous. Okay. Knock 50% off and then we can talk. Okay. Because there's no way, number one, I, that's, that's a little bit out of my affordable range, number one. And number two, the Japanese healthcare system is, is going to be like 7,500 bucks for a couple boxes of Cheerios and two days of like, you know, just IV. You know, the IV didn't have any medicine. It was just keeping her hydrated for two days. <laughs> A two-year-old hydrated for two days. Yeah, 7500 bucks for that. Japanese healthcare system, it would just... They would reimburse based on Japanese standards. 
right? Not American standards, which are totally fucking different, as you can see. And so the Japanese healthcare system would have been like, no fucking way. 7,800 bucks, you're crazy. So that's why I was asking for this 50% discount. The hospital just completely continued to ignore me, okay? Um, phone calls. Um, <laughs> phone call was an interesting one because of the time difference. I could never reach anyone. Um, and so I was doing it through letter, old school letter, which was cool because I wanted everything documented. You know, with letters, you get everything documented. It's not so easy to do that with phone calls. And I'm like, okay, it took you six months to reach me the first time, so I'm assuming you don't care about the delay with the whole snail mail thing going overseas. So I sent him letters saying, hey, grant me a discount. I will gladly pay this, but I have to deal with you directly for these various reasons. Never heard from him again. And that was it. Just didn't hear from him. I don't know whatever happened with that. And frankly, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> it's their money. Uh, if their system for collecting the bill is that fucked up, and they don't want to deal with me. Um, and the uh, the credit collection agency was treating me like a total fucking prick, you know, because they think I'm I'm escaping this bill, you know, I'm 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 a total fuck, you know, which I was more than willing to pay, uh, but I had to deal directly with the hotel with the hospital, and they did not want to do that, so they just ignored me. So fine, fuck them. I'm not gonna beg them to get to pay them their money. So fuck you. Um, that was a few years ago now. Um, I think. So, who knows? Yeah. So, American billing system, real fucked up. <laughs> Sorry, I digress. I think I've talked a little bit too much about the USA one. Um, let's get back to the Japanese healthcare. Um, I want to talk about some themes and little things uh, that have always kind of gone like, oh, that's a little different here. A little different. kind of like that. A little different. Culturally different here. Um, one thing, and I've touched on this before in other podcast episodes, is the yearly health check. And I think this is really, really cool and also very socialist at the same time. Um, the government in Japan requires companies uh, to force their employees, basically, to get a yearly uh, health examination, a physical. Um, so everyone has to do this every year, okay? It's just kind of your rite of passage when you're working and living in Japan. Um... And it has a very socialist feeling to me. You go to this health check thing, and there's like, it's it's like the guy floor. <laughs> it's only guys of a certain age range. And we all have to put on these, like, Japanese-style pajamas. <laughs> and I feel, I swear to God, it's like some kind of cult. Like, I'm in a cult. Or, like, I'm going to get executed in prison. Like, I'm in some kind of execution thing. <laughs> like, I'm on death row in a Japanese prison. <laughs> you know? And uh, you go through this very systematic, very efficient, very well-organized physical exam, and it's every year. And they give you this very high-tech, computerized printout uh, with kind of a report card, A, B, C, D, you know, you got to check on this, you know, be careful with this, and, you know, uh, uh, they give you some consultation if you so desire, and the company pays for everything, um, you, don't, you don't owe a dime for that. Um, and it's great. I think it, it highlights how Japan is just better about health promotion, problem prevention. You know, they don't address problems after they've happened. They try to promote health. They try to prevent the problems. And I think that's really great. I really, I don't remember such requirements like this in the USA. I remember getting a physical uh, just on my own. You know, that's kind of highlights how the U.S. is very much about individual freedom, right? You have the freedom to eat like a fuck and, and be overweight. You have the freedom to do that. Um, but I don't know, the socialist thing 
yeah, it might be creepy to American me at times with this whole government controlling everything. But, you know, when it comes to healthcare and they're, someone's getting on your ass, you know, saying, hey, you got to lose weight, you got to watch your cholesterol intake, you got to watch your high blood pressure, you know, someone's getting on your ass about that. I think it works, and I think it definitely is an advantage with the healthcare system in Japan. Another theme I've noticed is when you go into the examination room. In the U.S., I've always used to, like, sitting on kind of, like, that examination uh, table or uh, I don't know what you call it, like, the little sofa type of thing with the white paper on it. And the doctor comes in, you know, 30 minutes later <laughs> and then gives you a, a two-minute examination. Um, and it's just you and the doctor. And, okay, that's fine. The Japanese approach is a little different, and I was always kind of taken aback by this. You go in there, and the doctor's already in there. And you sit down on, like, a chair, like a stool. And the doctor's usually at a computer. There's like a desk and they're at a computer. And it almost has more of an office feeling to it. You know, it's definitely a hospital, but it has kind of a more office feeling into it. And it's weird. The same setup I've seen in ERs and various different types of clinics and everything. So I, I just, this is kind of the universal Japanese setup for, for healthcare. You go in and it's more of like an office type of thing. You sit on a stool and the doctor's sitting there at a computer typing in your symptoms. And I used to think this was kind of unprofessional. You know, it's like the, uh, the computer's doing their job. You know, it's not really a doctor. They're just kind of relying on this computer to, to tell them what's wrong with you. But I realize now that it's really a huge advantage because doctors are human. They make mistakes. And sitting on a computer... You know, they have your information there. They have your history, uh, maybe other cases that have that uh, you've dealt with in the past. They have your medical history there up on the screen. I see them looking at it. Uh, they're typing in your symptoms, and it's it's giving uh, possibilities for what your disease, what your situation may be, uh, that only a computer can do. You know, this this massive database or whatever they have. You know, it's similar. I guess it's kind of you know what. A doctor's version of you know the web, you know, you know the Mayo, the Mayo Clinic or, or WebMD, and they're looking at all this stuff. And another advantage is that you could go back another time, and it could be a different doctor, but they still have the same information popping up on the screen. And I think that's just a huge advantage. And now I've kind of changed my mind on that. That the computer really is, it does belong in the examination room. It, it is really a big advantage. The whole database thing. Um, and giving the doctor feedback and statistics and everything of what may actually be wrong with you. And they have the software to help them out make a diagnosis. And I think it actually is more professional and possibly leads to more accurate diagnoses. Um, Japan loves their technology, and this is definitely an advantage of that. They have the computer in there. I've seen a lot of cases at, at uh, the dentist. They have these like high-tech cameras looking at your teeth. Um, I've seen a lot of cases when I've I've taken I've gotten healthcare. Uh, I, I've seen healthcare in the in Japan, and they've they whip out these high-tech toys. Japan loves their technology. They rely on it, um, which may be a, a bad thing in some cases, but. Um, I, I like it, you know, it, it's kind of nice and reassuring as an IT guy myself, you have this like high-tech robot thing looking at you, <laughs> you know, I don't know, it, it's kind of reassuring, you know, Japan and their tech, they do love their technology and God bless them for that. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, the doctor sitting at the computer, that's another theme. Uh, I also want to talk about uh, the, the, the two different things uh, I see a lot in Japan, uh, the kind of two different categories. Uh, number one is the clinics. Um, clinics are smaller and they're everywhere. 
Uh, I prefer them personally because I don't have a car, and clinics are just fucking everywhere. The, any neighborhood, no matter what, even when I lived in the countryside, there's clinics just everywhere. They're like McDonald's. I don't know. Um, you usually don't need an appointment for the clinics. Um, even hospitals. I'll get to those in a minute. You usually don't even need an appointment for those either. Uh, that's something kind of different with the U.S. Um, and um, clinics, um, I, I prefer them for that. Um, they're specialized. So you have to pick the right one. Uh, and this is where the kanji becomes a bitch because those medical kanji always confuse me. And I'm asking people like, hey, uh, <laughs> I got this problem with my ass. Is this the right clinic to go to? <laughs> is this the right one? Because, you know, you don't want to like walk into one that does like, you know, women's reproductivity and like you're a guy and you're like, uh, I got a problem with my asshole. So you gotta you gotta pick the right one because often these clinics are very highly specialized. The doctor specializes in this particular one. Um, so you, you gotta you gotta check the kanji or have a Japanese friend or someone <laughs> to check that for you before you make an ass out of yourself. Um, they're pretty much never open on holidays or after hours. So with the clinics, you don't want to get sick on the e- <laughs> the evenings, the weekends, the holidays. Uh, pretty much just business hours for the most part with clinics. Um, the other thing is because they're so highly specialized, uh, I've often had cases where I'm referred all over the place. Um, you know, I'm sick or something with this, and they're like, okay, we can we can take a look at you up to uh, uh, point A and B, but for C, D, and E, you got to go to this other clinic. And then when you get to the other clinic, uh, <laughs> F, G, H, I is like another clinic. Uh, sometimes you get referred all over the place for certain treatments. Like, oh, you, uh, okay, we'll take a look at you. We'll give you some medicine, uh, but you need an IV as well. Uh, so we're going to have to send you over to this other one. Um, and I have a story, once again, sharing stories to demonstrate this one. I don't know what happened with me, uh, but similar to my daughter, I don't know, maybe it's hereditary. I got some wicked ass food poisoning. I think it was something I ate. You know, you know that whole thing you eat and you just you just get sick almost right after, and it, it was like The Exorcist again. I'm just vomiting like projectile everywhere, <laughs> and I was just really really sick. And if you've ever had food poisoning, you know you know what I'm talking about. Okay, just liquid squirting out everywhere and trying to keep myself hydrated. I was so sick, so I'm like a zombie walking over to this clinic. And the clinic says, oh, I'm so sorry, but we, we can't, we're not the ones that do that. We're close, but not exactly right. The kanji is missing a couple strokes there. <laughs> you got to go to this one, which fortunately is just like a block away, you know, because there's so many clinics everywhere in, in Japan, especially Tokyo. So I go to the second clinic and they're like, again, they do this thing. Okay, we can treat you. We'll give you some medicine, but I think you really need an IV to rehydrate you. I think that would really help. And you got to go to this third clinic. Okay. And unfortunately, that one was a taxi right away. And I'm just so sick. And I'm like, you know, the taxi driver's taking me. Unfortunately, I didn't chuck in the taxi. And they give me the IV over there and it was much better. But it was just funny. I'm just bouncing all around uh, from clinic to clinic. And they're great. They're professional. They're friendly. I have no problem with the quality of the care, but it, it, it does get a little annoying sometimes. You know, it, it's only business hours and you got to, you know, you got to bounce around. Okay. Well, that's enough about clinics because they are great. Uh, it's just those few little disadvantages with them. To balance out the clinics, uh, of course, you also have the hospitals. Okay. And these are the bigger ones. Uh, these are open after hours and this is the place you'd go if you're sick, you know, on evenings and weekends and holidays. Okay, and I used to, uh, foreigners used to tell me, uh, don't get sick on a weekend in Japan, 
And it is true to a point, mostly because all the clinics are closed, but the hospitals are open. I used to have this fear like, oh shit, is everything totally shut down? Am I going to die? No, of course not. I mean, even when I lived in the countryside, uh, the city hospitals, you know, quote-unquote city hospitals, were actually open. They had the ER open. And in in fact, I did get treatment uh, once, uh, even in the countryside, like at 2 in the morning on a Saturday. Okay, so... Um, sometimes foreigners, uh, other foreigners have given me this image, you know, when I first moved here and I was freaking out, you know, about getting sick at the wrong time. Uh, but it's not totally true, uh, because I have gotten treatment at these, these odd hours and odd days. Um, the hospitals, you're more likely to find English speaking doctors, uh, particularly in the big cities like Tokyo. Um, and the hospital I'm always thinking of uh, in Tokyo that I visited time and time again is St. Luke's uh, in Tokyo. It's an international hospital. They have English-speaking doctors. Um, if your Japanese isn't so good, you don't have a Japanese friend or uh, you know, wife or you know a husband to take with you or, or boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, then often the hospitals are a better bet. You're far more likely to find English uh, service over there. Uh, which I do in the hospitals in Tokyo. I don't know about other cities, of course. Uh, of course, Tokyo has the most English, um, but I don't know. Um, I think probably the bigger hospitals is your better bet anyways in any place you're in in Japan if you if you absolutely require English-speaking service. Um, and it was interesting is that um, um, I once went to the ER uh, in... Uh, it was on a holiday weekend, uh, it was on Monday. It was a national holiday. And um, I went to the ER, and you know the image in the ER with the ER in the U.S. is you're going to be there like all day, like six hours or something, if it's not life-threatening, right? In this particular case, I, it wasn't life-threatening. And for, for Christ's sakes, I was sitting there. It was like under an hour. I was in and out, ER on a holiday, a national holiday, and uh, it wasn't life-threatening. I had no appointment, of course. I just walked in the ER in this international hospital in Tokyo, and in and out in an hour. And God bless you, Japan. You are so fucking efficient. You have your shit really well put together. And it was funny, you know, when I uh, was paying, <laughs> I, I insert my hospital card into this machine, and it tells me how much it is, and I insert my money. It's like a vending machine. They have even that automated. I'm like, God bless you. You know, the, the insurance company, I don't know. I've never dealt with insurance companies in Japan, really, except for that case where I had to make the claim with my daughter. And my HR um, department at my company handled all that for me. They just, they submitted the claim and then I got the money deposited to me. Um, so, God bless you, Japan. Your healthcare is great. You take a different approach uh, from the U.S. Uh, you're different culturally. Um, it's there's some good points and some bad points that I've covered, you know, uh, and I hope I've explained Japanese healthcare and kind of the cultural differences. So I hope you've enjoyed this. That is healthcare in Japan. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, if you like this podcast, please, you know, do all that stuff. Uh, I'm at japanatron.com. That'll take you to my main site, the podcast area of my main site, which is mondaiji.com. I got all my, uh, you know, social networking links at the top, the little icons, um, the, the YouTube, the Twitter, the Facebook, the iTunes, all that stuff. Please like me if you like me. Uh, leave comments. Uh, contact me. Let me know uh, what you think of the show. Uh, I've really been enjoying all of your comments. Um, I can't get back to everyone all the time, but I really enjoy the feedback. It's been really positive, and I really uh, appreciate the love because uh, it encourages me to keep doing this. 
Thank you very much, everybody. Have a good day. Toodles. Network. For more shows, visit comedypodcastnetwork.com.